0: I fear not the dark itself, but what may lurk within it. Welcome to Lurk, bringing you creepy, strange, and bone chilling stories with your host, Jamie Jackson. Welcome to this week's episode. So are all of you ready for Halloween? I am mostly ready. I just finished putting up a couple of skeletons with a dead body. And only at Halloween can you say that and it not be weird. And even though I have a ton of stuff already, I'm already planning out improvements and additions to the to the display for next year. I'm really hoping to turn my entire side yard into a cemetery. My husband will be so thrilled. Also, I found out that Lowe's is having a 75% off all of their leftover Halloween items sale. And I think I'm going to head over to Lowe's tomorrow when my husband's not home. Anyway, let's get on to our topic for this week. This wonderful... Weekend of Halloween. Woohoo! I thought I would do another Ghost Ship episode because they're some of my favorites. And then I realized that I haven't yet covered one of the most famous Ghost Ship stories around. That's right, I'm talking about The Flying Dutchman. Before we get started, I just want to make sure we're all on the same page because there are two meanings for the term Ghost Ship. One is an actual ship that is found without a crew or with a dead crew, but it's still a real physical ship, sailing by itself. The other is a ship that is no longer an actual physical ship, but basically the ghost of a ship, the literal meaning of ghost ship. In this episode, we're going to be talking about a ghost so something that is no longer an actual physical thing. So you might have heard of the Flying Dutchman. It's a ghost featured on SpongeBob SquarePants, and in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, it's a supernatural ship captained by the octopus-faced Davy Jones. The legend has also inspired several books and an opera by German composer Wagner titled Der Fliegende Holländer. Though the Flying Dutchman story has spread far and wide and is supposedly seen around the world, the original story actually originates from South Africa and the Cape of Good Hope. A cape is a headland that sticks out into a large body of water. Located on Cape Peninsula in South Africa, the Cape of Good Hope is one of the southernmost points of the African continent and faces the Atlantic Ocean. It was discovered in 1488 by Portuguese explorer Bartholomew Dias. It was originally known as the Cape of Storms because of the harsh weather and rough tides. The area has mild winters and warm, dry summers, but the storms out on the water can be deadly. The water itself is turbulent because it is at the confluence of the warm Indian Ocean current and the cold current from the Antarctic. The cape was renamed the Cape of Good Hope because it allowed trade with Asia, and apparently that was hopeful. The area is also known as a graveyard of ships. It is home to over a thousand shipwrecks. And there are some mermaids and sea serpent sightings as well, because ghost ships just aren't enough. There isn't a lot of information about the sea monster or the mermaids, but I'll share what I was able to find. In 1848, the HMS Daedalus sighted a creature that was a diameter of 15 feet that swam with its head 4 feet out of the water, with another 60 feet behind in the sea. The creature was dark brown and yellowish-white around the throat. It was moving at 19 to 24 kilometers per hour. The captain said, The creature passed rapidly, but so close under our lee quarter that had it been a man of my acquaintance, I should have easily have recognized his features with the naked eye. Seven members of the crew watched the creature for twenty minutes. One of the witnesses said it looked more lizard-like. As far as the mermaids, they have reportedly been around since the Jurassic period, The locals call them Mamiwata, Mother of Water. They are female humanoid fish that lure men to their deaths. There is no real description of them because no one who has seen them up close has lived to talk about it. But we're here to talk about ghost ships. For 400 years, the Flying Dutchman has sailed the seas around the Cape of Good Hope, bringing with it bad luck for any ship that comes across it. The story of the ghostly ship began in the 1600s. The original ship, in real life, was captained by a Dutch merchantman named Captain Hendrik van der Decken, who was a skilled seaman. But Captain van der Decken was known to be a man of few scruples. In 1641, van der Decken was sailing his ship from the, from Amsterdam to Batavia in the Dutch East Indies. Some information says the ship was on the way back to Amsterdam from Batavia, but either or, it was somewhere between Amsterdam and Batavia going one way or the other. While rounding the Cape of Good Hope, a nasty storm blew up. Most captains would have probably waited for the storm to die down, but Vanderdecken was not willing to wait and was said to have cursed God and the elements, saying he would rather sail until doomsday, rather than ride out at anchor. His blasphemy did him in, and he was cursed to sail the southern seas ever since, with no hope of finding harbor. The legend does say that if Captain Vanderdecken finds another captain who is willing to accept a letter from him begging forgiveness, Vanderdecken will finally know peace but it's known that any ship that comes across the ghostly Flying Dutchman is doomed itself to become a victim of some kind of disaster, making it impossible to find a captain willing to accept such a letter. Sir Walter Scott said of the Flying Dutchman, she is distinguished from earthly vessels by bearing a press of sail when other vessels are unable, from stress of weather, to show an inch of canvas. Basically meaning that when the weather is such that most sailing vessels cannot be at full sail, this ship has all its sails open full no matter what the weather is, whether there's a very strong storm and they shouldn't have their full sails out, or there's no wind at all and they shouldn't be full. In one account, the ship was painted yellow before it had left Batavia. An anonymous account found in the British Museum Library from a passenger ship said that the captain allowed Vanderdecken to send across a boat with four men in it. The Dutch sailor in the little boat tried to hand off letters to the passenger ship's captain, but he declined to take them. The Dutch sailor left the letters on the deck, weighed down by an iron bar, and returned to the ship the passenger ship lurched, dislodging the bar, and the letters were blown overboard. In 1823, the phantom ship was sighted twice, and once it was seen lowering a boat in an attempt to communicate with the other ship's captain, but the captain wisely did not respond. The Royal Navy has records that show pirates rigged their ship to resemble the Flying Dutchman, but they surrendered themselves at the Cape after being terrified by the real ghost ship. In 1881, probably the most famous Flying Dutchman sighting occurred. The Royal Navy sighting was recorded by a midshipman aboard the HMS Bacchante on July 11, 1881. The midshipman wrote, At 4 a.m., the Flying Dutchman crossed our bows. The lookout and officer of the watch also saw it off the port bow. The midshipman described, During the middle watch the so-called Flying Dutchman crossed our bows. She first appeared as a strange red light, as if a ship all aglow, in the midst of which light her spars, masts, and sails, seemingly those of a normal brig some two hundred yards distance from us, stood out in strong relief as she came up. Our lookout man on the forecastle reported her close to our port bow, Where also the officer of the watch from the bridge clearly saw her, as did our quarter-deck midshipman, who was sent forward at once to the forecastle to report back. But on reaching there, no vestige nor any sign of the ship was to be seen, either near or away on the horizon. And that midshipman of the HMS Bacante went on to become King George V of England. The ghost ship was sighted by other ships in that squadron, the Cleopatra and the Tourmaline. In total, 13 crewmen witnessed the ship. In case you're wondering, yes, the prophecy of doom was carried out after the sightings. Prince George reported later, on the same day of the sighting, that the sailor who originally reported the sighting of the ghostly vessel fell from the four topmost cross-trees and died instantly. Then the commander of the Bacante was overcome by a fatal illness when the ship reached port. Again in 1881, a Swedish merchantman under the command of Captain Larsen encountered the Flying Dutchman. Captain Larsen's ship had been struggling in a storm as she rounded the Cape on her journey from Australia. Just before dawn, a strange glow appeared in the sky and the captain sent a man up the mast to see its cause. The lookout fell from his perch and crashed headfirst onto the deck. He died several minutes later, but not before whispering the words, Flying Dutchman. Another sailor, named Landersbury, was sent up to look, and he described a brilliant red flame in the middle of which was an ancient vessel. He could clearly see its masts, spars, and sails. He said that it was undoubtedly the Flying Dutchman. 2 days before Captain Larsen's ship arrived in Rotterdam, Landersberry died of a heart attack. Another man who had seen the ghost ship through a porthole was later discovered dead in his bunk and was said to have died of extreme fear. I'm really starting to wonder why Kelly and I wanted to so badly see this ship sailing on the Chesapeake Bay. It's not in the Chesapeake Bay, so that's a good thing. But still. The Flying Dutchman was a large part of our childhood lore, in case you're wondering. In 1884, the American tea clipper named Relentless, was sailing for New York and sighted the flying Dutchman 300 miles south of the Cape of Good Hope. The captain, a man by the name of Daniel Sheever, ordered the ship to alter course so that he could get a better look, but the helmsman died when they were 400 yards away from the phantom ship. That same night, a fierce storm hit the relentless, and three sailors were washed overboard and were never seen again. Then in January 1911, A Scottish whaling steamer named the Orkney Bell saw the Flying Dutchman. The second mate said her giant sails were swelling, though there was a non-existent breeze. The Orkney Bell was that close to the Flying Dutchman that it was thought that the two ships would certainly collide. As the Flying Dutchman sailed past, several of the Orkney Bell's crew clearly saw her name on the stern. Three bells were heard from the phantom vessel. She heeled starboard and vanished into the mist. In 1914, the Orkney Bell was one of the first British ships to be sunk in action by the German Navy on the outbreak of World War I. In March of 1939, about 60 people at False Bay in South Africa had a complete view of the Flying Dutchman. The ship seemed to sail straight towards the beach, but before it could hit, the ship vanished into thin air. There there was a description of the sighting in the British South Africa Annual that read, With uncanny volition, the ship sailed on as the Glencairn beach folk stood about keenly discussing the whys and wherefores of the vessel. Just as the excitement reached its climax, however, the mystery ship vanished into thin air as strangely as it had come. Again, in September 1942, a group of people on land saw the ghost ship. Four people were sitting out on their balcony in Cape Town when they saw the Flying Dutchman sail into Table Bay and disappear behind Robben Island. A year later, the Australian naval escort boat HMAS Beresford was sailing west towards the Cape of Good Hope. It broke radio silence with a two-word message, Flying Dutchman. Then there was a complete silence, and neither the boat nor its crew of 34 men were ever seen again. Lighthouse keepers at the Cape Point Lighthouse are said to have seen the Flying Dutchman numerous times during storms. And German U-boat captains also reported seeing the ghostly ship. Then, in October 1959, a Dutch freighter, came across the Flying Dutchman. The ghost ship's sails were fully set, and a man could be seen clearly at the wheel. The sighting of the ship was so sudden, there was no chance for the captain to take action to avoid the impending collision. Just as the two vessels were about to collide, the Flying Dutchman vanished into the darkness. There are a couple of other ghost ships in the same area that are sometimes confused for the Flying Dutchman. One is the Van Vandamian, a Dutch ship haunting the seas near Indonesia. The other is the Libera Nose, captained by Bernard Folk. The Libera Nose was a 17th century ship captained by a Frisian-born man by the name of Bernard Folk, who worked for the Dutch East India Company and was known for his speed. Not his personal speed, but the speed of his ships that he captained. His fast trips caused people to suspect that he was aided by the devil. This ship might have possibly been the model for the Flying Dutchman. In 1678, Captain Folk managed a trip from the Netherlands to Java in three months and ten days, which is about half the time it normally takes. Folk kept his sails full, no matter how strong the wind, and he was able to do this by altering his masts with iron. The last time he left harbor, he did not return. Now his ship is seen from time to time in the sea around the Cape of Good Hope, and his ship seems to fly. Folk's soul is restless, and he's always trying to best his record. Oh, and his ship, when it's seen is manned by a crew of skeletons. I'm guessing this is where the Disney Pirates of the Caribbean came up with their ghostly skeleton crew. Which, let me say, that's like one of my favorite movie franchises. I love that, especially the first one. That was one of the best movies. Not the best, but it was really good. Goonies is the best movie. And if you disagree with me, we cannot be friends. That's gonna do it for this episode. Before I go, I want to share with you this little excerpt from a short story by Edgar Allan Poe called Manuscript in a Bottle. This ship and all in it are imbued with the spirit of Eld. The crew glide to and fro like the ghosts of buried centuries. Their eyes have an eager and uneasy meaning, and when their fingers fall athwart my path in the wild glare of the battle-lanterns, I feel as I have never felt before, although I have been all my life a dealer in antiquities, and have imbibed the shadows of fallen columns at Baalbek and Tadmor and Persepolis until my very soul has become a ruin." So that's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can find Lurk wherever it is that you listen to your other favorite podcasts. You can also find it at lurkpodcast.com, where you can find all of our episodes along with social media links. If you like what you hear, tell your friends, and consider taking a moment to give us a five-star review. If you have a topic suggestion, make sure you send an email to lurkpodcast at yahoo.com. And until next time, keep lurking.